This show is sponsored by IdealWorkspace.com, which promotes a healthier way of working through their adjustable standing desk. Check out their latest smart adjustable standing desk at Altizen.com. A-L-T-I-Z-E-N.com. Welcome to Analyze Asia, the podcast dedicated to dissect the pulse of business, technology, and media in Asia. In this episode, I speak to Matthew Brennan on Totia, one of the new emerging mobile apps focused on AI and their applications in news and information. We discuss the chronology behind Totiao's rise among the second wave of technology giants in China and how their surprise rise has no influence from the BAT in China. Hi, Matthew. Hi, Bernard. How are you doing? Yeah, doing great, mate. How are you doing? I'm good in Singapore. You're now in Shanghai, right? I'm in Shanghai today, yeah. Yes, I'm talking to Matthew Brennan, co-founder of ChinaChannel.co. And interestingly, I think recently you have done an article with Tech in Asia, like a Q&A. And I think now they call you the WeChat expert in China. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, <I'm, laughs> I guess so. WeChat's, you know, what, I, what I'm known for. But I think there's a lot, lot of interesting stuff going on in, in, in China tech scene. So WeChat's definitely the poster child and it's the one I'm known for. But there's a lot going on. I think today we're going to cover an interesting part of that ecosystem, right? That's right. But before that, I wanted to just ask you, since our last conversation, what have you been up to? Oh, a few things. I've been down in Shenzhen doing stuff. Like last week, I was at Tencent headquarters doing some presentations for groups coming in. I'm seeing a real big spike in executive teams wanting to come into China now and do these tours because everybody's looking at China now and there's sort of people are starting to wake up about what's going on here and, and these companies are starting to go global. So getting a lot of inquiries for that and for speaking at, at sort of different events uh, around this topic. So that's really nice. I really enjoy doing that. So I've been pretty busy doing you know talks and sessions with, with different groups we have spoken so many times and yet in person we haven't met each other before and i thought that actually today also being a comment is that a lot of my, my audience have actually wrote in and said that, that that two episodes you did on wechat has been a great one and there is a lot of reviews about how you actually explain the ecosystem but today the main subject of the day is to talk about another company probably not many people know about it's called Toutiao. And I think in China, people talk about the BAT, but there is also the second wave called TMD, which is Toutiao, Meituan, Dianping, which is one company, and Didi. To start off with, we're going to start with TMD's T, which is Jingri Toutiao, a mobile web app that actually recommends personalized information to users based on AI. As of January 2017, they have 700 million users, which is twice the population of the US and 175 million monthly active users. From what we found in information that's public, they have about over 78 million people use Toutiao for an average time of 76 minutes on a daily basis, resulting in 1.3 billion articles read every day. I mean, this is China skill for us. So to start off with, I want to get uh, your senses. Can you discuss the vision and mission of Toutiao as in how we should understand this company? Right. Uh, Totiao on the record saying, you know, that they're a technology company and they're powered by big data and AI. They strive to be this information platform, as it were, where the newsfeed or, or the information that you're receiving is very, very personalized. No two users should have exactly the same experience of, of Totiao. They're a, a neutral platform that, you know, providing news to people based on, on what they're interested in, but they don't actually create the news themselves. Okay, they're just a platform. They're just a middleman matching content creators and, and people reading or watching content. But they're very, very AI driven. 
So, for example, say if I'm a publisher, for example, Analyze Asia, how will I get into Total? You open a Total How Total account. And you publish that. It's, it's actually for a media quite similar to the WeChat official accounts platform. These are two for for media in China. I think these these two platforms are talked about a lot. Obviously, the the WeChat official account platform is the is the biggest, but Toutiao is also pretty hot and、uh, very very important. In fact, I remember clearly one of my friends up in Beijing in the media tech industry about almost two years ago just telling me, oh, you know, on Toutiao, you know, we focus on that one a lot more than WeChat now because it's so much easier to. Get to get high views on Totiao. So it's it's the the two systems that are quite you know quite well used. So one thing I do know is that Zinri Totiao is very similar to an app in Japan called Smart News. Some of the analogous apps that we can think about will be something like an Apple News app, etc. But I want to know a little bit about the history of this company. Can you describe the chronology of how Totiao rise to dominance in China? Yeah, sure. So Totiao was started off in 2012, quite early, the scene in in, in mobile in China, and they're founded by、uh, Zhang Yimin.、Uh, he's a he's a former software engineer. Actually, he seems to be quite a character. This guy,、uh, I think, he's very typical of the sort of new wave of China entrepreneurs and this new wave of startups coming up. You know, he does. He's very, very motivated by realizing himself. But you know, he's not really into sort of material possessions as such. He doesn't. It's not. It's not about getting rich. It's about doing something meaningful. For example, he used to work at Microsoft, and then he quit his job because he said it was boring. You know, he's on the record as saying、uh, Steve Jobs、uh, completely changed his life. You know, this. I, th- I think we're seeing more and more people、uh, like this. You know, the young new wave coming through in China of people who are, are really motivated to sort of like make. Make a dent in the universe, and、uh, in their own way,、uh, build. You know, they're very, very ambitious people. These these young Chinese entrepreneurs.、Uh, anyway, back to the、uh, chronology of the、uh, of the app. There, 2012 was when it kicked off. Back then, you know, it was this this area was dominated by these sort of massive portals, Sina, Sohu. The user experience there, they were just shifting the desktop experience over to mobile and not really、uh, changing it too much. The user experience wasn't the best, to be honest. And Totiao eventually, you know, started moving into this more personalized newsfeed area, and that's when I think things you know, took off. There's sort of Totiao House, which we mentioned earlier, the, the Totiao accounts. That platform started in 2013, so that's when media organizations can start their own accounts there. That's actually the same year that the WeChat official accounts. Platform opened up, so back then was when this, the gates opened on this stuff. In 2015, they started doing video, and of course, video now, short video in particular, is is absolutely massive. We're seeing really, really high growth in the Chinese market, especially as bandwidth becomes cheaper and cheaper. Increasing number of people move onto 4G networks. And especially lower tier cities, people really like video content, short video content. By 2016, now you know you're getting. We've got some statistics like 350,000 individuals or organisations have these Totiao accounts. If you compare that to WeChat, okay, it seems quite small. You know, WeChat official accounts have have like millions. They have, by current estimations,、uh, somewhere between 14 to 20 million WeChat official accounts. But still, compared, to, you know, obviously that it's a little bit unfair to compare to WeChat because it really just is the big. It's just way way bigger than the other platforms. But you know, there's there's a very very big ecosystem built up around Totiao. In 2016, they started launching new features like Q and A, and their daily、uh, active users sort of. 
big rise. They're, they're going up to like something like 78 million daily active users. I think we'll talk about more about user habits a little bit later on. And then you know, in 2017, they're, they're going outside China. They're looking more internationally. They made an acquisition of Flipgram, which was quite well publicized February of this year. So they also hired someone from Microsoft, a former manager at Microsoft, to run their, their artificial intelligence lab. It's quite clear that they have global ambitions now, that they're looking internationally. That's pretty typical of most in, uh, Chinese companies into tech companies of a certain size now. I think the next stage when we look out into the future, a big part of that would, would be how they take things outside of China because the Chinese market itself is really competitive, hyper competitive. A lot of these companies are looking outside China now almost as a, if you can get the localization right and pick the right partner, potentially easier pickings. In fact, I think Liu Zhen, which is the head of strategy from Uber China, has also moved over to Toutiao. And of course, a lot of people probably didn't know that she is also related to Liu Qing, who is actually the president of Didi. One interesting part is, what are the interesting products and services of Toutiao then? Well, I kind of touched upon one just there, really, which is the Q&A. I think that's quite interesting. So we, we have sort of Q&A platforms, Quora and things like that. They've been around for a while. And um, Fendar is, a, is another great example in this area of in China innovating on, on that sort of theme of uh, answering questions, a Q&A platform. But Totiao does it, again, through AI, right? So their advantage is that they're, they're going to match people on asking questions with those who are able to answer the questions and they're matching that with all the data that they have about your reading habits, how long you spend on pages, what you're clicking on, what you're commenting on. They keep all of this and then they're able to match people who need help, people answering or asking questions. So I think that's pretty interesting because essentially, you know, they are at their core uh, an AI company. Another interesting thing they did was they have this artificial intelligence reporter called uh, Xiaoming can generate news stories, for example, on sports, on soccer games. So it's a completely, you know, it's a, an artificial intelligence that can basically replace the, the role of a journalist or a reporter for certain verticals, certain, certain, certain sort of set areas, such as like sports reports, which, you know, could be more easier than other areas to, to do this. But that's super interesting when you think about it, that perhaps in the future, you know, there's all this talk of AI, there's all this talk of um, massive, massive disruption in this area, bringing a lot of, a lot of people going to lose their jobs in the future, Potentially. So, and when we look at the media area, I think Totiao is at the cutting edge here of what, you know, what AI can do in this area. You know, it's really interesting that when I first read Chinese books, Xiaoming is actually the common name of characters that people actually use to talk about, like some hypothetical characters to yeah. understand things. So it's quite an interesting way of thinking about that. I, I think it's something uh, in one of those like um, children's textbooks. I think for for learning English. That's right. How about for example when you go to the app? Because I actually tried the app. It's pretty interesting because I was trying to look for headlines and then I look at the information. It seems to be very personalized. You can actually also add your own media sources as well, right? To put in so that you can try to give you the kind of news that you're interested. Like for example, I would be more interested in what Taijing which is the largest uh, financial news in China. And then I could also look at technology news as well. Does it also work with, for example, with the other major platforms? For example, I know I connected my Total account 
with my WeChat account as well. Is it, is it the same with if you're in China? Uh, yeah, yeah, so you're using WeChat login, right? So That's right. It's pretty universal now, uh, like QQ login. It's kind of outside China, we use Facebook login or, or Twitter login, right? So it's just exactly the same thing. It's just a quick way to, to do that. I don't think the accounts are, are linked much beyond like sharing your profile information. Yeah, I'm actually looking at the app right now. I've got it open. So uh, it's a very, very um, sort of like video orientated news feed now as well. And yeah, you can subscribe to channels. I'm subscribed to a couple of Tencent ones, for example, and that will dictate what you see. But like I said at the beginning, you know, this news feed is, is incredibly personalized. It's no one, no two people will see exactly the same. Here lies the interesting point. What are the user behavior for Total like? I know you have some interesting thoughts on that. Yeah, user behavior. What's good about this is in Total, what's interesting is just the amount of time that people are spending in this app is quite impressive. It's something like 76 minutes per day is the is the average for the users. Uh, back in 2015, that number was was something like 53 minutes. So uh, that's a lot. That's an incredible amount of time. I think that's second only to WeChat in terms of time spent in the app. I mean, obviously, there's, there's different. You get Quest Mobile, you get Analysis, you've got there's a couple of guys who estimate this and they all come up with slightly different stats. But by any measure, it's an incredible amount of time. Chinese users uh, ha, you know, are well known for spending a lot of time reading on mobile devices. So there's a couple of reasons, you know, uh, that are pushing this, you know, China's mobile first, perhaps it's mobile only. And for many people, Chinese are voracious consumers of content. But there's been this conflict recently, there's an increasing trend between this sort of mass information coming out. There's just so many sources of information, there's so many content producers. Now people are in a situation where they need this to be curated. They need they need apps like Totiao to push, to have a system, which for them is the algorithm, to, to bring them the con only the content, the, the best quality content that they want based on their preferences. So that's why I think that's the core reason why Totiao has been able to get a lot of traction in this area is that it's able to do that better. It's, it has a massive content ecosystem, got lots and lots of partners, and it's able to give the users the high quality information that they want without them having to go around them and fish it out. Now, and it's a quite different experience from on WeChat right now on the official accounts platform. The only way that content is curated would be from the Moments newsfeed where, or, or from WeChat groups where your friends are sharing sharing that confirmation with you. So that's a very organic system, which is quite different from using an AI. So these are two competing. I, I think this is what's so interesting about this area is that Totiao is really pushing what's possible with AI in this area. So how do they generate revenue or monetize their activities then? Yeah, so actually it's pretty similar to Facebook, it seems. The revenue is coming from advertising nearly all their revenues coming from advertising. So the company said it had earned uh, 6 billion RMB last year from in-app advertisements. Actually, compared to their number of users, that's pretty small. That's pretty, in terms of like ARPU, but they have goals to, to increase that up to $10 billion by 2020. I think it's one of their stated goals on the record. An interesting thing also is that they work together with JD. Actually, there's a little bit of e-commerce going on there as well. Users can buy products through the app. Which sounds a bit surprising, perhaps for, for users outside China, people listening, but you know, it's actually... <laughs> It's uh, in China, you know, almost every app has now has, you know, some form of e-commerce going on somehow because this is how it works in China. The apps sort of sprawl out into all these sort of different areas. 
So it's kind of unsurprising that they have that in there, actually. How does Toutiao differ from other big news and media platforms in China? I mean, we talk about WeChat's official accounts ecosystem. Other than just the AI part, do they also have other ways of actually acquiring their users? And also the way they actually collect the curated news sources as well? Yeah, I think I just made the main point, I guess, of the difference here. It's, there's, there's two very, very different ways that these platforms are working in terms of the discovery mechanism for users to find the high quality content. It's interesting that a lot of people actually criticize the AI way of doing things. They'll say like, well, that's just reinforcing. You know, if you, if you find information that's a little bit subjective and now you're reading it and it's pushing you in one direction, the algorithm will just keep feeding you that information. It's not giving you a sort of a wider source. If you, if you start reading one, one type of information or, or, or one source, and it will just keep giving you more of that, which which could end up to be, you know, a, a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy almost in terms of like a, a loop where you're just getting more and more biased information. I mean, that's that, that leads into sort of wider topics about how, me, how we consume media online. In the States, for example, there's a whole hoo-ha about fake news and how media is, is, is consumed online. I don't want to really go down and, and start talking about that. But when we're talking about AI here, it does, it does touch upon that area, I think, with what, what Totiao is doing. One thing that is interesting, I think there is a similarity between, say, the larger platform like WeChat and Totiao is that Totiao is actually quite serious about the health of their platform. So by, I mean, what would I mean by that? They want to create a healthy content ecosystem. They're quite serious about intellectual property. My friend was telling me the other day that as a content creator on the platform in Totiao, if you get copied, if someone plagiarizes you there, they will actually compensate you with cash. It's not a small, it's not a large amount of cash, but that's quite interesting. And that's, you know, something that uh, I've never heard of before. You know, WeChat doesn't do that. I don't think any, I've heard of anything like that in China before. And then they're putting an investment or they're on the record as saying they're investing 1 billion yuan in the next year to subsidize creation of online short video. They're also on the record saying, you know, they're created for medical news. They'll check that out with the hospitals or the health departments concerned to make sure that what's being reported is actually accurate. And so all these different things that they're doing to sort of build up a healthy ecosystem. This is very, very different from a few years ago in China, especially when you look at like what happened with Baidu and how they used to work years back with their platform. It was just, you know, a, a pay to play system. And the, some of the news on there, some of this, the sources was very, very questionable. Now I think the, the ecosystem in China for news and content is becoming much, much healthier. We're seeing new business models evolve and new ways to support content creators. And it's moving quite far ahead of the rest of the world in, in some aspects. Uh, in fact, you know, as a content creator myself, I feel that the Chinese market has got a much brighter future than, than the rest of the world. And it also would be quite interesting to see if Total globalized themselves into the world, right? How would they use their AI to actually put news in front or information to users out there. One interesting point that I thought I should just ask is recently Tencent have been investing heavily into the AI and WeChat. Do you see them directly compete with Total at some point? 
Yeah, this is very topical, Bernard, because yesterday WeChat made a change, which everyone's talking about in China. They actually released this thing called WeChat Labs, which is a way to sort of beta test things. Under that, there was two sort of new tabs in Discovery. One of them is a search, basically taking the search feature and making it much more visible so it gets more traffic. And the other one is a news feed for articles, which has some algorithm behind it. That was available before, but it was kind of hidden. And now they put it in a place where it's going to, again, going to get a lot more traffic. Everyone is speculating now that, you know, this is WeChat's way of trying to take on Toteau. They've built this news feed that is based around uh, some algorithm. And now it's in a place on the WeChat app as of yesterday where it's going to start getting a lot more traffic. So we'll have to see how that how that works. But from the earnings calls, if you listen to them for the for Tencent, it's quite clear they they've been mentioning Totiao a couple of times. It's definitely clear that higher management is thinking about them and 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 keeping a close eye on how they can counter what they're doing. With regard to AI, also I think Tencent is doing some stuff in that area that's quite interesting, but people don't talk about it. They're not making a lot of noise about it. But for example, they have an AI called Fine Art that has uh, beaten all the world's best Go players. And so in sort of a gaming AI, they're doing a lot. And also for facial recognition AI, they recently won a competition for that. Tencent has one of the best sort of teams for doing facial recognition. So I think they're doing a lot in AI, just maybe not talking about it as much as other people. WeChat has, has got a search division that's opened up recently. So the writing's on the wall there for people who want to read it of, of where we chat's going to go or where Tencent's going to go in sort of uh, in this area I think they will start competing more with Totiao and what it'll be quite interesting to see how this plays out in the next year or two given that Totiao integrates with WeChat logins and also works with JD.com which actually also links to Tencent in another way with the e-commerce site would you see them acquiring them then um no no I don't um actually Totiao has has not taken on any investment directly from BAT. So which comes to my next question then, who are the investors behind Totiao then? Yeah, so I think the, the, the biggest name on, on investor from, from the Chinese side is Weibo. Weibo invested $100 million in Totiao in, in 2014. There's some other investors, you know, a famous Russian billionaire, Yuri Milner. We've got uh, Sequoia Capital as well, uh, have invested. But it's not so much who's invested in them, it's who hasn't invested in them. That's more interesting, I think. And of course, that is BAT. They're quite separate from BAT, Totiao, which is quite, it's actually very, very difficult to do in China. <laughs> this is probably the most first counter example I have outside of the BAT ecosystem because almost every major company is linked to the BAT in terms of investment as well. Exactly. So uh, I think that's what, what makes this case study so interesting. They, they've kind of avoided that. They're doing their own thing. Okay. Uh, you know, they've got cooperations with JD. Weibo is also in, in the sort of Alibaba camp to a certain degree. You know, they, ha they have links up with a strong connection with, with Taobao. Kind is a little bit on that side, but not really. Yeah, they've so far avoided this. I think if, if they'd wanted to have sided with someone, they probably would have done it by now, is my guess. You think that eventually they will crawl into the BAT world because they are focused on information. It looks like there is a chance of them even displacing with Baidu, given that Baidu is also heavily focused in search and AI as well. 
That's true. We'll have to see. I don't know. At the moment, I, I wouldn't want to comment. I, ha- I don't have enough uh, <laughs> info. But it's certainly a, it's a quite unique situation. I'm not going to ask you to take a crystal ball and guess where they are going in the next 10 years. But I just want to know, where do you see Total's focus be in the next 12 months then? Definitely, I would be surprised if they don't make more expansion and investment internationally. That's a pretty clear trend because uh, for them, like I say, it goes back to the point I made earlier of, of China being hyper competitive. The ecosystem on mobile is increasingly getting strangled by Tencent and Alibaba. They're not aligned with either of those guys. And what they're doing will work globally. I think if they find the right partners, yeah, I'd be surprised if they don't if they don't make some moves there. I think they probably should look at diversifying their business revenue model. Right now, it's all based on advertisement, but how they actually go about doing that, I'm not so sure right now. Like you say, they're being called uh, the next BAT, along with Meituan and DD. So they've got a bright future, and uh, we'll have to see how it goes. It's always fun to talk to you, Matthew, because there's so many possibilities that we don't actually see. We we looked at only, I mean, the West usually just talk about WeChat and WeChat alone, or maybe just Taobao, Taobao alone. But the the fascination of you know the, the the other major players in the Chinese ecosystem is not really that fleshed out. So I would definitely want to talk to you on the other interesting companies or interesting trends that are going on in China. But we obviously have to talk another day so help my audience how do they find you oh sure bernard you know you can go to chinachannel.co that's my website uh, check me out on linkedin i'm pretty active on linkedin and twitter as well i also want to help you to plug you recently did a podcast with john atman from TechNode, which is called tech talk right oh yeah of course how could i forget yeah, China Tech Talk. So we've got a new podcast uh, together, uh, my company, China Channel, together with uh, TechNode. And um, so TechNode are, are, are the sort of China partners for TechCrunch. And uh, so we're doing this podcast that's focused solely on the China tech scene. Um, and it's going well so far. Last week, we had Mobike on, on, on the podcast, and that was really, really interesting to to get firsthand their view on, on, how, on the China uh, bike sharing phenomenon and uh, we've got plenty more interesting guests lined up so yeah check that out if you if, if you're interested in china tech mm. you can find me at bleongcwrbernardleong.com subscribe to us on analyze asia a-n-a-l-y-s-e asia find us on itunes stitcher soundcloud acast and of course tune in and google play in the u.s market tweet to me recommend us on overcast or give us a five star or comments on itunes and of course drop me your feedback Once again, Matthew, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Bernard.